Hey, everyone. My name's Katie, and I'm one of the leaders here at Restore. So as Mickey said before, the big question we're going to look at tonight is how does the gospel shape our friendships? To start thinking about this, let's first consider what is friendship? I like to think of friendship as two people who have invited each other into their lives. Friends enjoy spending time together, and it's a relationship built on trust. Back to our big question. At first, you might think, Katie, what does the gospel have to do with friendship? I'm just here to suss out how I can get more friends. Well, what I want to say to you is that the gospel restores the most important friendship in your life so that you can do friendship well with others. What do I mean by that? The gospel is the good news about Jesus. You see, our God is a relational God, and he made us to be relational beings. God has always desired friendship and closeness with his people. God, our awesome creator, wanted to be friends with us. That's the best friendship anyone could ever ask for. Yet since the beginning of the world, we haven't wanted to be friends with God. Despite God's great love, we wanted nothing to do with him. We rejected God and we distanced ourselves from his goodness. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 tells us that we were all once God's enemies. Because we have thought, said and done things against God, we were far away from him. There was nothing we could do to make things better with God. There was no friendship left. But the rest of Romans 5 tells us that while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Notice this funny word reconciled in the verse. To reconcile means to restore a relationship. To make two friends, to, sorry, to make two enemies friends again. Through Jesus, our friendship with God can be restored. It can be reconciled. And God offered this new friendship to us while we were still his enemies. Jesus can reconcile our relationship with God if we let him. Not only that, God offered to save us his enemies, through his son. Because of God's radical kindness, Jesus' death means life forever to all who put their trust in him. It's a double whammy, friends with God, and life forever all through God's son, Jesus. This is the gospel. The good news that Jesus came to reconcile our relationship with God and bring new life. And the next verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 11, tells us what great news it is to become friends with God. It says, We also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Being friends with God doesn't mean we get to brag about how good we are. It means we get to brag about how good God is, that he chose to be friends with us, why we were still his enemies. 
We give God the glory in this friendship. So where do you see yourself with God? Are you still an enemy of God? Are you trying to be friends with God by doing good things to please him? We can only become friends with God through Jesus. And being friends with God is the best and most important friendship ever. We can be friends with the God who made us. He knows us at our best and at our worst, and he still loves us. If you would like to become friends with God, this is amazing news. Please chat to a leader, tell your friends. We would love to support you and celebrate your new friendship with God. And if you're not there yet, that's totally okay. At Restore, we want to love you and care for you and help you to see what it does look like to be friends with God. And being friends with God leads us to think about how the gospel shapes our friendships. And now we're going to think about a bunch of points about how to do friendship well. So what is the purpose of friendship? For those who are friends with God, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is saying that in all parts of our life, we should seek to bring glory to God. So, our friendships should bring glory to God. A good friend is one that glorifies God in their friendships. And God's purpose for friendship is very different to what the world says. The sinfulness of our hearts tell us, be friends with who you want. You are the priority in your friendships. Do your friends make you feel good? Yet in John chapter 15, verse 12 to 13, Jesus gives us a command. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friend. A good friend is one who loves like Jesus loves. We should seek to model the loving, sacrificial friendship God has shown us in Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for us in love so that we could be his friends. So Jesus tells us to love others as he has loved us. He even tells us to love our enemies. Now this tells us that friendship is costly. But by loving our friends... We are obeying Jesus. And in Proverbs, which is a book that's full of friendship wisdom, we learn more about how friends love. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So who can tell me, when should we love our friends according to this verse? Just shout it out. At all times, always, a friend loves at all times. Not just when you don't have that many assignments or when you feel like you're in the right headspace. A friend loves and is there 
at all times, even in the hard times. Knowing that friendship is costly, who exactly should we be friends with? The Bible provides us with uh, two main kinds of friendship to think about. Firstly, if you're a Christian, it's a great privilege to be friends with other Christians. Not only are these people our friends, but also our family in Christ. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Christian friends can make each other sharper. A good friend is someone who challenges you to be more like Jesus. Are the Christian friends in your life making you sharper? Are we ourselves a sharp friend? Or are we more of a blunt friend? When we hang out with our Christian friends, do we default to talking about school, about sport, about friendship drama? Instead, could we ask how their Bible reading is going? What temptations are they struggling with? And how we can be praying for them? Being sharp friends could also look like calling each other out on gossip or pride. A sharp friend might also be someone who is not so similar to you. Maybe it's older friends or a mentor who have spent a lot of time thinking about what it's like to follow Jesus. Maybe a sharp friend could be someone from a different culture of your own. It would be a mistake to think that Western culture knows everything about following Jesus. The second opportunity for gospel-shaped friendships is being friends with non-Christians. I'm not saying that we should just go out and make friends with non-Christians so that we can tick a box to say that we shared the gospel with them. But think about the non-Christians in your life who God has placed and how you can invest in them for the sake of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about doing things for the benefit of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33 says, as in Paul saying, I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. This verse reminds us to seek the good of our friends. The biggest concern for our friends should be if they know and trust in Jesus. And this might mean going out of your comfort zone to share Jesus with your non-Christian friends. In fact, in both kinds of friendship, you might need to go out of your comfort zone to love like Jesus loves. For example, maybe you're really into basketball Is there any basketball fans? I see a couple down the front. Um, So if you're really into basketball and maybe you often spend your lunch times, you know, hanging out at the basketball courts and playing with your mates. Being open to friendship could be choosing to have lunch with a classmate who often sits by themselves and draws. If this friend is a Christian, they could become a sharp friend. If If they're not... The best way that you can love them is by gently talking about your faith in Jesus as you get to know them more. Toxic friends. Let's have a think about those. It can be easy for us to want to cut people out of our lives, out of our lives when they hurt us. 
when it feels like it's not good for me to remain friends. Yet the Bible speaks into situations like these. Colossians 3 verse 13 to 14 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This means that we ought to show grace and to forgive as God has forgiven us. This is not an easy command. It's hard to forgive others when they have hurt us. But verse 14 says we do this through love. We can look at how God radically first loved us to give us the patience and the love to love others well. I'm not saying that we should tolerate bullying or anything like that. Loving friends in these situations might actually mean going to an authority. We can love these friends by helping them to see their sin and pointing them to the forgiveness that Jesus offers and the forgiveness that we are willing to offer to them too. What about best friends down the other end of things? Should we have a best friend? It's great to have close friends that we can trust and confide in. However, sometimes we can be exclusive in our friendships. We can be great at loving our best friend, but stingy in loving others. And the Bible actually commands us not to show favoritism. So we should think carefully about how we can include others, whether they are new friends or old friends or any type of friend. One example on the richness of close friends is two guys in the Old Testament, David and Jonathan. And it actually wouldn't have been the pretty um, the easiest friendship for these guys because uh, David and Jonathan, uh, Jonathan's dad hated David so much that he wanted to kill him. So it was a bit of an awkward situation. Um, but in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1, Um, It says, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Like David and Jonathan, good friends are loyal and honest. Even with pressures like family drama, good friends love each other sacrificially. And this friendship actually sums up a lot about what we've been talking about tonight. So I would encourage you in your spare time, go read 1 Samuel 18 and 19, to get a bit more of a picture of what friendship could look like. To bring it back all together, friendship with God flows out into our friendship with others. Friendship costs us, but it is a great chance to point our Christian friends and our non-Christian friends to Jesus. We should seek to sacrificially love our friends without favoritism and with forgiveness. Uh, In a moment, we're going to have some discussion groups, and this will be a great time for you guys to think creatively about what this looks like to put friendship into practice. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that while we were still your enemies, Jesus died and rose for us so that we can be friends with you. Thank you for the life we can receive by trusting in Jesus.
Help us to sacrificially love our friends through your strength and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.